Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Goddess. Yay! We have the gorgeous Joe Ferrello up in the sunny Sunshine Coast. Hi Joe, how are you? Good Katrina, beautiful to be here and it is a spectacular day here on the coast. I'm serious, it's blue, it's gorgeous, but it's a bit chilly, but not like Sydney I'm sure. <laughs> we are freezing and raining and it's just really grey and cold. So um, Sorry. I just want to get straight into it so that we can sure. get on with this podcast and get to the juicy bits. But um, what do I need to do to love you properly? Tell us Joe. Great question. Friends, very different to lovers and partners, husbands. But from the husband's perspective, he needs to just let me be me. So uh, allow me in my own space, meet me in my own space, love me there, don't try to control me, don't try to protect me, guard and guide me. I just need to be loved where I am. I have a soft side. I have a very um, independent side. But uh, my husband over the last 18 years has figured out how to love me and how to step back when he knows that I just want my own space. But from a girlfriend's perspective, I'm very loyal to my girlfriends. I love them dearly. I'm not into group friends. I like a couple of friends. I think Madonna said it once, uh, the true friends you can count on one hand. And that's how I love my friends and how I love to be loved by them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is all about romantic love. So um, let's stay focused on that gorgeous husband of yours. Tell us, um, you wrapped up everything in Melbourne at some point and went overseas and yeah. retired over there and now you're back in Australia. So how did yeah. your relationship cope with all of that? Oh, a roller coaster ride. Un unbelievable hips and dales. But Quite the ride. We strapped ourselves in, buckled up tight like you do at uh, Movie World when you're hopping on a ride. We thought in that little bubble in our mind that we would pack up from our jobs, move to the beautiful Asian island, sit there sipping cocktails, go fishing and, and relaxed. And we did. We did all of that. But once the shine comes off that, once the routine of that is like meh, um, then you start to dig a little deeper and go, okay, what else is there? And we found that we drove each other nuts as far as being in each other's face 24-7 um, because we were used to our own jobs, our own lives, our own space. So it was a huge learning curve, but I wouldn't have swapped it. If, if I knew what I know now, a chance to go back, I'd do it exactly the same. Yeah, you guys are big travellers. How is that yes. on... Um your relationship how do you love each other properly when you're traveling i know you guys do a lot of bed sitting around the world yeah. um and that got you in and out of australia quite a lot of times during your yeah. time um overseas but yeah how, how does that all play out when you're traveling what recommendations do you have for us? really good question because i know even back in the young days when i was dating they used to say if you ever went off on a holiday with your new boyfriend that was the, the point where you decided whether the relationship would ever last. <laughs> Once you travel with someone, it can really unpack the real people. So for us, we've got a bit of a routine when we travel. Obviously not at the moment with all of this going on. But when we travel, we work in synchronicity together, but we also give each other a lot of space. So in hotels, new hotels, when you check in, we know to just unpack your stuff and give each other space. Nando might say, I'm heading off to the gym or I'm going to go down and explore the hotel. 
I'm like, great, I'll see you in about an hour. And that gives me time to sit in there if I want to do a meditation, have a bubble bath. It's still a case where we need our own space. Then when we meet together and say, let's go explore, we want to do it, not because we've kind of got no other choice and we're kind of, that's it, who I'm travelling with. So it's still all about giving each other space and then meeting in the middle. Mm. So this theme, this episode seems to be a theme around space. And I think if everybody, if every woman looked at their lives, I'm sure there are times when they'd appreciate a bit more space. Um, Maybe that's what women are really lacking at the moment is that a real lone time. And maybe there's women out there that, are scared to be alone and haven't practiced being alone and don't really respect being alone and pretend they don't really like it or think they don't really like it. And then there's a whole bunch of women that absolutely that's their thing and they create a lot of alone time for themselves and a lot of space. What's the balance, Joe? and what sort of things should we be doing when we're in our own space so that we get the most bang for our buck? Look, Katrina, I think the key is go in on your own, sit on your own, ask yourself, what do I want? How much time do I want? Do I want to have breakfast with my husband and then he sends himself off to do his day? I have the day to myself to do what I like. And you've hit a really good point. I have known friends over the years who cannot stand being on their own. They will call me up and say, can you come over? Husband's gone for the day. And I'm like, don't you want to have the time to yourself? And they're like, I don't know what to do. So come over or talk to me on the phone. So I understand everybody is different. And I think if you just check in with yourself and say, what is it that I want? How much time would I like on my own? And utilize that time to do whatever it is, whether it is a bubble bath, whether it's a nap, whether you want to study a course, meditation, whatever it might be for you, but check in with yourself to find out because You're the only one that knows what you want. No one else can read you or tell you what it is that would make you happy. And I'm sure that everybody would like at least a segment of time to themselves. Um, I have girlfriends with kids that say, I go sit on the toilet, put the lid down, shut the door and sit in there with my phone just to get away from everyone for 10 minutes. So I know there are people uh, quite surrounded by the family that would kill to have a little bit of time to themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's the the new luxury is um, time to do nothing. That is the new luxury because everyone's so busy being busy and everyone talks about how busy they are and it's really quite extraordinary that we do not value quiet time alone and we're not boasting about how much time we have alone. We're boasting, people are boasting about how busy they are all the time. It's just an odd odd thing to be talking about how busy you are when we should be really starting a movement that says oh my god I just had three weeks alone or I just had (laughs) um you know two days writing my book or whatever the great gift that you can give yourself is but even just a walk I mean my walk in the morning is lovely with my dog I love that alone time I love uh, staying in bed all day. That's one of my favourite activities is just staying in bed. And the only annoyance with that is that you actually have to get up and go to the toilet. So I find that <laughs> annoying. But if, <laughs> that I have run to, in, I have quick to run do, back. Yeah, but get straight back into bed while the walk <laughs> is still there. So there are a couple of my favourite things to do is just to stay in bed all day, especially on a grey 
grey day. I call them oh, yeah. um, black and white movie days because it throws me back to when I was a child with my mum. And when I was sick, my mum would put me into bed with her and we'd watch black and white movies all day. Oh, heaven. Love that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I'd love that too. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it would be, yeah. So today's all about space. So I love that. So um, space, what have you done with your actual environment that is conducive to creating space for yourself? Yeah, look, we're in a two-bedroom apartment at the moment. It's a rental while we're building a house. But I have dividers, like those little concertina fold-out ones. And I like to put them around sometimes and say, this is my space for the next hour or so. Feel free to watch telly, but put your headset on so that you don't disturb me in my space because we don't actually have the room at the moment. Or sometimes I'll say, I'm going into the bedroom to have a meditation and do a meditation if you're happy out here. So even though there's a, a limit to the actual space within our apartment, we can still create little bubbles within uh, to have our own time. And then when we meet in the middle, Nando will say things like, how was your meditation? I went, oh, it was great. What about you? And he said, oh, watch something. You should see this. And off he'll go and tell me the story of whatever uh, you know, documentary he watched. So we need to have that space in order to come back and enjoy the time together. Whereas if it was constantly just moving around, honestly, I reckon I'd be like, can you get out of my face for a bit? I just need some space where I can move. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you guys been together? Since 2002. So we're in 20 now, so 18 years. 18 years, wonderful. And um, what, what was your, um, did you guys get married or did you have kids? What was the, what was the lowdown with you guys? No, it was a reboot as in uh, both of us had been married previously. I'd had, I think, about five years between my first marriage and, and when I met my husband now. Nando had been married before. Um, I was living on the Gold Coast and decided to move to Melbourne for the coffee the nice Italian looking guys, the good food and better job opportunities. So I just packed up and moved to Melbourne, never been there before, didn't know a single person and set up camp, got myself a job and went online and typed into an online dating site. And back then they were not something that a lot of people did. It was sort of frowned upon like, ooh, can't you meet people on your own? So I typed up a little profile of what I wanted put it out to the universe as well as put it out on the website. That's how I met my husband. So uh, got the great job, met the husband, but we didn't get married until 2009. So seven years before we got married, didn't feel the need to rush into it. Our surnames were very similar. So um, we ended up getting married initially because we couldn't get the names right. They were almost identical last names with a couple of R and O changes. But we really did want to get married. But we wanted to make sure that this was going to last before we did take two. So here we are, nearly 20 years later. And uh, I wouldn't swap it for the world. Yeah, it's funny how um, a lot of these second marriages often turn out way better than the first ones. What do you think that is about? Well, I think people start to realise who they really are. They get to know themselves. I remember Nando and I on holidays one year, we went to one of the Asian countries. We're on a bus from the airport to our hotel, dropping off all the little couples. It was mostly Melbourne people on the flight. And here's these young couples in their early 20s, freshly married, 
off on their honeymoons and the fear, Nando and I laughed later, the fear in their faces of what was lying ahead for them on their first holiday or, you know, as a couple married, they were so young. They didn't even know who they were, what they really liked themselves or what, you know, they really wanted to be or do. Yet here they were hitched to this person next to them on the bus and they're rumbling along looking at each other, kind of half smiling, but we could just see fear in their faces. <laughs> and, you know, we noticed it. I, I didn't think Nando would see it, but he did too. And he went, wow, those kids look really scared, didn't they? And I said, they're all talking about, oh, we're on our honeymoon. But, you know, they didn't know themselves. So I can only take my own experience. In my early 20s, I was trekking around the world. I had amazing jobs in strange places doing, you know, wild things, whatever it was. I'm meaning like bar work or... I decided I wanted to be a fitness instructor. I went and did that. So I wasn't interested in being married in my early 20s. So when I'd look at these couples, it was quite foreign to me because my 20s, I was out exploring the world, having the time of my life. So I'm glad I didn't get married then. My first marriage was at age 30 when I thought, okay, you're 30 now. You're <laughs> mature. You know what you want. And I married the wannabe long-haired rock star wannabe. And that lasted for a couple of years, but it didn't pan out because he wasn't serious and I was. Um, so I thought, oh, don't treat it as a mistake, as a learning curve. But when I met my husband now, he was a complete opposite. And I thought, I'll give this a few years before I get married, just to check to make sure this is going to work. And here we are. Yeah. Again, wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, he is a lovely, lovely person. Um, what do you think is the secret um, of your success, you two? Oh, look, that's a great question again, Katrina. I think the secret for us is just be yourself. He is completely different to me. Nothing like me and I'm nothing like him. But we allow each other to be who we are. And uh, I, honestly, if I think if someone was like me, if I married me, the male version, It'd be too much, um, too, I don't think demanding's the word, but too moving forward all the time, exploring, looking, keen, eyes wide open, wanting to um, enjoy more in life. That's great, but I've got him as my counterbalance. He's more reserved, quiet. And when I get excited about things, he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's the one that keeps me from being too much um, let's do it, let's go, let's try it. Um, he kind of reins me back a little, but he also knows to when I set my mind to something and I want to do it, he'll say something and I go, mm -mm, she will be mine, like out of uh, Wayne's World. Oh, yes, she will be mine. And he lets me go because he knows that I'm going to make it happen, and I do. But I also respect the fact that he's very in person. He keeps it all inside He's very audio digital. He doesn't say much and speak much. But when he does, he'll actually share a, an epiphany right out of the blue. And I'll sit there going, where did that come from? He goes, I don't know. I've been sitting on that one for a while. Just thought I'd share it with you. So we're very different, but we keep that balance between us by allowing ourselves to just be who we are. Yeah, I love that um, yin and yang idea uh, because Charles yeah. and I are the opposites as well. You you and your partner are opposites. I'm a bit like you, Joe. I'm a go, 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 move forward type of person. And Charles is the more considered, reserved um, approach. And you're right, it's not holding us back, but it gives us, he, they, they give, it, give you that opportunity to 
think a little, whereas if we were on our own, we'd just be going for it all the time <laughs> and uh, we'd never sort of stop. And I think one of the things Charles used to say to me, especially in the early days, and this is something he's taught me along the way, is he goes, stop, smell the roses. And so now I really, I really cherish my successes and I stop and I smell the roses at each uh, point, port of call and enjoy life a lot more rather than just running to the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah, like you no, and I totally agree. Too. Yeah, that's very <laughs> Totally lovely. agree. Yeah, I really wanted to um, recommend that to people to stop looking for yourself in a relationship. People look <sighs> for commonalities all the time. I actually disagree with that approach. I actually think you've got to look for your yin to your yang or your yang to your yin, whichever way you go. Um, yeah. And I think opposites do attract. And I think opposites are what you need to learn. And opposites will put the mirror up for you. And so you can learn yes. about the things that you don't have inside of yourself. Totally agree. That's a brilliant one, Katrina, with the mirror, because it is totally true. And I think sometimes, you know, that whole, I think I've mentioned this to you before, that necklace with the half heart oh i'm yeah. seeking my other half if you are always seeking for something that you think you don't have then you're coming from a place of lack yeah. rather than a place of wow yes i'm open imagine going to a party with a, a eclectic group of people you talk to the musician you talk to the artist you talk to the guy that's a truck driver you get to meet different people instead of looking for what you think you should have to complete you as a whole Try just being open to meet the people that you meet on their space as they are. And it's funny how sometimes it's almost like energy. You'll see bits of energy start to connect with that person. And it could be that you're just forming a really good friendship, a lifelong friendship with that person. Same with friends, girls and guys, you know, meeting friends. It's stop trying to look for what you think you want in someone and allow them to present to you how they are. Then you're meeting them on even space. You're standing true and solid in your space and they in theirs. And that's how you meet each other. And it can be really quite beautiful that the person that you didn't think you were going to meet or connect with when you're out somewhere turns out to be something that you, you later think, wow, that's fantastic. We really connected. Yeah, absolutely. So let's not think of it as the other half of your soul. Yeah. Um, let's think of it as the cherry on top of your wholeness. Um, so we are whole, we are complete with exactly. good, bad and ugly. We are whole yep. and complete with light and dark. We are whole and complete with light and shadow. And that's yes. the wholeness of who we are. And then when you get a partner to explore all that with and vice versa, then they are the cherry on top that doesn't complete you. You are already complete. It's really an enhancement to what you've already got. Bingo. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we've been thinking about these relationship things completely wrong, haven't we? Well, I think that's, there's a lot of it, of course, to self-love, Katrina, and we know that's a big point in the world. If you really love yourself and cherish yourself and adore yourself as you are, as you show up in the world, just this is me, as you said, good, bad, dark and light. We need that whole mixture to be balanced. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But if we really love ourselves and step into other people's space and we come from a place of love 
and openness and connection rather than that kind of, oh, is she looking at me like that? Or he, you know, the furrowed brow. Then you straight away got a wall up of protection. It's ego. Is somebody having a go at me? Do they think I look pretty enough? Should I look different? Should I have done my hair different? Instead of just turning up and saying, hi, shaking hand. Well, you can't at the moment. Meeting people, though, as you're standing in your own space. Self-love has a lot to do with it. And yeah. I know that's a whole new chapter, but it is a key point. Well, self-love has come up a lot in the podcast and um, a lot of people have tapped, touched on the fact that you've really got to come from a place of love yeah. around yourself and self-awareness and, and working on yourself, um, you, know, you know, prior to, to, to meeting somebody. And then the journey continues around yeah. self-love and self-awareness in the relationship. But... If you're coming at a relationship from a place of lack, um, then it's a very different energy than stepping into a relationship from a place of wholeness. It's completely energetically different. You're trying to get something from someone to make you feel what you want to feel. They're not offering, I can fix you, I can complete you, all these words. It's very false. It's it's artificial way to be. If you turn up to meet someone and put on a facade of what you believe that person wants you to be, how long can you carry that on? If you get married and you're with that yeah. person for years, how long do you put that face on every day or that mask to show that person I'm still this one that you think I am? Mm. Whereas if you turn up true and honest to who you really are, that person sees you. If they don't want a relationship with you, then it's not the right match for you. That's who you are. Don't try to create what you think they want. Be who you truly are in your best form, of course. Don't just roll up with your bedroom hair and didn't bother cleaning my teeth or putting any nice clothes on. But the best representation of yourself, open and honest, is the best way to meet people. Whether it works or not is dependent on whether those two energies are attracted to each other. I don't know how people do that pretend thing and keep trying to carry it every day. It must be very tiring, exhausting, depressing to keep trying to project what you think people want you to be rather than who you really are. Yeah, I think Just it's exhausting. And everybody talks about how exhausting, exhausted they are because they're so busy being busy. I wonder if a lot of that is because they have to put on a mask that takes too much energy to hold in place. Whereas the closer you are to the core of who you are, um, the less energy it takes to be your authentic self. It's a lot easier just to be. Take me as I am. Um, I am who I am. And you just you surrender to that and present that. And the sooner you can get out of that sort of honeymoon period, where you suddenly go from being the best version of yourself to suddenly revealing the good, the bad and the ugly, that's <laughs> the point in the relationship where it's make or break. Because yeah. if people love you in at your worst, that is true love. Whereas if they that's can right. only tolerate the best of who you are, that's not true love. I know my partner has seen me good, bad and ugly and we're still together <laughs> after 30 years. <laughs> And so to me, if they love the shadow part of who you are and they still understand that that's there and that's a part of you and that you can reveal that and be honest about that part of you, then that you're in a really deep relationship. Whereas if you can't reveal 
the bad and the ugly bit, then um, you're really not being true to your whole self. And that they're just different aspects of you. It's if you think of you as a whole with light coming out in all different ways, it's different aspects. Some days I come out at breakfast and I'll be talking to my husband and he can tell that I've, I've got something bogging me down. And so he just steps back and gives me a bit of space and knows that aspect of me is trying to work through something. Or I'll come out and I'll be completely silly, goofy, joking off. He knows that aspect of me has kind of got the kid full front at the moment and wants to goof off. Let's jump on the bike. Let's go for a ride. Let's go do something. Okay, let's, you know, he'll kind of calm me down because I'm all ready to to get out in the world, but they're just different aspects of us. But you should be able to comfortably in a relationship, if someone really loves you, they know all your aspects, they know to step back and give you a little bit of space, to move in and embrace you when you're in that cute stage, when you're feeling vulnerable or upset, they know to just give you a hug, be there for you, support you. But it's just allow everybody to have their aspects shine from them without trying to control them, dull them down, uh, categorise them and saying things like, you shouldn't be like that or why are you like that or what's your problem? Because all you're doing is trying to diminish certain aspects of that person. And in the end, that person will start to shut down because they don't know which aspects of themselves are free to be presented in front of you without being critiqued and or criticised. So aspects is a, that's how I see it of people. It's just different aspects of them. Yeah, I really love that visual too. I'm now seeing all the light coming out of the person and you're absolutely right. There's different, uh, you know, people are very complex and they have different sides to them. And as you say, aspects to them, I really love that word. And different Mm -hmm. moods for different days and different vibes for different scenes and and, you know, that's what makes life really interesting and nothing worse than having to zip up an aspect of who you are and hide that away because it takes energy to hide that bit away instead of it coming out whenever it feels like it wants to. Yeah, it can be soul-crushing. If that's a really uh, an joyous part of you that you like to present to someone that you love and they go, what are you carrying on like that for? Like, oh, I don't know that I like that. It can be soul-crushing. I've... I've had partners in the past, boyfriends that will shut me down when they see me being all light and bright and wanting to get out there. They're like, oh, you know, settle down, you know, all this kind of thing. And that can be quite crushing because that's an aspect of me that wants to get out and just be playful and have fun. And you critique it and then criticise it like it's, it's stupid or you're embarrassed by it. So then I withdraw and I don't do it anymore. And it's, that's a real aspect of me. But there's a lot of control mechanisms sometimes in um, forced relationships where somebody will meet the... uh, I've heard girlfriends say, I've met this great guy, I reckon I can train him to be perfect. What is he, a a seal? (laughs) You know, you're training somebody to be perfect. Take him as he is. If it's not the right party for you, the person doesn't have aspects that you're aligned with, morals or um, anything within your system that doesn't feel right, yeah, your values, then let that person just move off and do their own life. Don't try to control them and say, I'll fix you. They're not broken. They are who they are and they will connect with the right party when they meet the right party that allows them to shine in their own space. So I have seen a lot of it and I've been on the receiving end of somebody trying to control me and tell me these parts of you are good, 
these parts of you aren't good. So let's change, let's change those parts of you so that you're better. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They're whole. <laughs> They're whole and they come with their good, the bad and the ugly. And so are you able to live with that part of it? There's just yeah. been this ongoing, I've grown up with it actually about fixing somebody and changing them <laughs> and that word training them is really interesting and I know that's that's a joke that people say particularly women say about their men about their well trained and things like that and I, look I've, I've, <laughs> I've said it in my past um to people when when their man brings me a cup of tea or the other day I had this um beautiful husband um everyone else wasn't drinking but he wanted to have a gin and tonic and I, I said, I'd love to have a gin and tonic. And he went and made me the best G&T that I've ever <laughs> had in my life. And, um, yeah, I really just felt that he was just a really beautifully... And I think I made the joke about how well-trained he was. Um, <laughs> that's, that's cheeky. That's being cheeky and that's your yeah. lovely cheeky side. It's but... cheeky, yeah, yeah. But I do love men that um, get me things. There's just something that I really... There's something in me that loves when men get me stuff, like a cup of tea or a drink or um, go and collect something. I just love that. It just makes me feel like a goddess. And I love when men are getting me things. So. But that's an aspect of you, Katrina. That's a beautiful, it's yeah. a beautiful aspect. And they see that and they honour that and respect it. And if they don't, they'll be like, what's your last slave die of? And you'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of men don't like that aspect of me. And I really know when they see that they are not in service to women and they're not in service to any goddess, what even their own partner. And I really noticed that. Whereas in my partner, um, that, that service side of him um, is high. And so maybe that's what I fell in love with and that's what is the glue that holds us together because he gets me stuff and I love it and I feel really good. And it just is what it is. Again, aspects, Nando does the same for me. He'll get things for me, he'll make something and I'll go, oh, that's great. And I like that service aspect as well. But on the other side of the coin, when he comes home from work and I know he's had a long day, yesterday he came home, it'd been a long day. He was tired, he sat down, I had a beautiful hot meal prepared. So would you like a beer? I got a frosty glass and the beer. He sat down and he went, oh, thank you so much. And that's me servicing him when he needs and would like to have someone scurry around and play the wife with the little apron and present a, a loving, caring uh, expression of, of what I like to do for him, which was I love to cook. I cooked him a beautiful meal. He sat back and went, oh, told me about his day. But he was so happy to have had that done. And I love it when he does things for me. So I still don't see it that, and I understand what you're saying, because some guys get a little bit nose out of joint if they feel that you're kind of asking them to do things. They shouldn't see it from that aspect, but they do. And it's something within them where they don't feel like maybe a tit for tat. Why should I do that for you? What are you going to do for me? Rather than doing it from a place of love of, not a problem, Katrina, here you go. And then later on, you might turn up and say, I understood that you like this and I got you something or I did that for you. And they're like, wow, that was very considerate of you. So it doesn't have to be a, why should I, or what are you going to do for me? Do it without any expectation of something in return. And it's amazing how it goes around and comes back to you. Yeah. That lovely give and take. I remember my grandfather yeah. at a hundred 
uh, he lived to 101 week and he had lots wow. of words of wisdom. But one of his, at our wedding, he said, um, if both couples each gave 51% each, you'd always have 2% over. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's quite profound. Yeah. Do you know how everyone yeah. normally says, give 100%, everyone gives 100% and you're good to go. Whereas his was um, a little extra. Yeah, his was just <laughs> a different take on it. And I really love that. And it, it stays yeah. in our, um, our marriage as a bit of a principle, 51% each. And there's always that little bit extra left over. Yeah. Um, but a little wiggle great, room. Yeah, a little bit of wriggle room. So today's episode's really been about space. Um, so energetic space for your own um, for your own well-being, but also it, the space within your home, making sure that you've got some space, some place to go. So thanks, Joe, for giving us that. So many other pearls of wisdom today. It was gorgeous. And so wonderful to catch up with you. We'll get you back in season two. And just before we go, Joe. How do I love you properly as a businesswoman? What are you up to? I've got my own business, Katrina, that I've just started now. I call it Fiddly Things because I love to do fiddly things for people. <laughs> so it's uh, helping people, preferably in their, say, micro, um, small business environment. They're not sure how to approach the world that we live in now, um, all the intricacies of making sure your business is aligned, connected, social media. Um, all your business practices so that everything moves in synchronicity. So uh, you can easily contact me. Um, I'm sure you can give out the details, but um, fiddlythings.com.au. Um, and I'm really happy to help people get their act together within their business and sort out all their fiddly things for them. Oh, that's so wonderful. What a great, uh, great idea. Um, I'll put all your details in the show notes so that people can find Thank you. you. Um, and what does your um, partner do to make sure you feel loved, supported and nurtured in your business? He gives me space, number one. Um, <laughs> but he's also very much in the background that can I do anything to help you behind the scenes? So to the simplicity of lifting boxes and moving things for me to just being a sounding board if I have an idea or a concept or a problem that I'm trying to work through. He'll sit there and say, tell me what it is and I can work through it with you, sound it off. So he's always there to support me, but never uh, steps into my space and tries to take over. That's the part I love. I know that I could do this on my own, but I could not do it half as well without the support that I've got from him. So I'm blessed in that way. Yeah, how lovely. So lovely that they get involved, isn't it? Support, whatever yeah. it might be in the background there. At the back end of any business uh, needs to be on. So he helps in the back end of my business in any way that he can to support me, to even give me space, to give me time, to give me the sounding board. They're the key points for me. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you've got another aspect to you, Joe. You've got, um, this is something that I'm, I've been sending you a lot of my friends to do beautiful readings for. What else are you up to on the sidelines there? It's interesting we talked about space today, but energy and space are big things for me. I like to think that I walk with a foot in both worlds, so I do a lot of energy work. I work with doing readings for people, Kashik Record readings. I like to just have the physical side and the balance of the spiritual side. So if people are feeling that they're moving forward in life well in their physical uh, human experience, but not sure how to connect, whether it be with your higher self, with spirit, 
or just really get inside and find out what they want in their life by asking themselves, I help them connect so that they can then go off and do their normal business and their connections with people from the spiritual side and from the human side. Try and all their fiddly things on both sides, basically. <laughs> um, try and bring it all together so that they can step through, keep moving through life, feeling a good balance on both ends. So I love my spiritual work. I try to keep it as a 50-50 balance in my life, my practice, spiritual practice, and my fiddly things business practice. I can highly recommend the Akashic Record readings with Joe. A lot of my friends have had them. I've had one. And they are truly, truly magical. And so if you don't know about Akashic Records, then Google it. And uh, if you're interested, check out uh, Joe's website. There's a lot of good articles on there and good blog posts um, that might um, get you a little bit more educated about Akashic Records. But what's your website, Joe? I called it Lighten Up with Joe because I want to just keep it fun. There's nothing serious, there's nothing heavy. It's Lighten Up with Joe. I just do silly, fun blogs, but it's uh, an aspect of Lighten Up, the light from above. Yeah. and lighten up within yourself to really connect with that beautiful part inside of you. So, um, yeah, anytime you want to hop on, have a look at the website, send me a message, love to have a chat if you've got any questions and always available to do readings. And it's just a .com site, isn't it? Lightenupwithjo.com. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. So on that note, we all shouldn't take life so seriously. <laughs> we are not brain exactly. surgeons. So everybody lighten up and make sure you have space for yourself. Thanks for joining us. See you soon. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste.